A reading from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. And from the book of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Since the first day of September, you and I have been dreaming of what the world could be like and of what the world should be like. We have been dreaming of the world that is unified in a relationship with God, in a relationship with each other. We have been thinking and praying and yearning for that time that we see in the future when we will have life together. When you stop to think about it, you begin to realize that ever since the beginning, folks have been dreaming and wondering and working and hoping for a whole new world. Every religion, every philosophy, every poet, every author has spoken of the new world. Every culture 
Every political creed, every inventor wants to help bring about the new world. And everyone, if we stop to think about it, in our hearts wants to have a new world. The new world is a major theme in American culture. As I thought about that theme, preparing to speak with you today, all kinds of images and songs especially came into my mind. One song from 1992, the Disney movie Aladdin. Aladdin sings to Jasmine. I can show you the world shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder, over sideways and wander on a magic carpet ride. A whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no, or where to go, or say we're only dreaming. Thanks for the backup, by the way. That was nice. That was nice. Are we only dreaming about this whole new world? Is it a world that might be coming here and now, or maybe not until there and then? In 1893, the great composer Antonin Dvorak wrote a symphony. It was called a symphony from the New World. Dvorak was born overseas and he came here and from here he wrote a symphony to the world from this new world that America was meant to be. Then in 1922, William Arms Fisher took the musical phrase from the second movement, the Largo, you folks in black know that well, and all you guys too. And he wrote a beautiful song in the style of a spiritual song. Going home, going home, I'm a-going home, quiet like some still day, I'm just going home. It's not far, just close by, through an open door. Work all done, care laid by, gone to fear 
no more. Mothers there expectin' me, fathers waitin' too. Lots of folk gathered there, all the friends I knew. Nothing's lost, all is gain, no more fret nor pain. No more stumbling on the way, no more longing for the day, going to Rome no more. Morning star lights the way, restless dream all dawn. Shadows gone, the break of day, real life just begun. There's no break, there's no end, just a living on. Wide awake with a smile Going on and on Going home, going home I'm just going home Going home Going home, Lord, I'm going home. Amen. Where is home? Is home an old world that once was? Is home a new world that someday will be? Adam and Eve hoped and dreamed for a new world. They lived in the perfect world, the new world that God had just made, but being who they were and being who we are, we think we can do it better than even God. And so they tried and famously failed. And the world became not the world as God made it to be, but the world as we made it. Corrupt, imperfect, and yearning to go back to the beginning. The whole history of humanity, a history that is encapsulated in the story of the scripture, is the history of our failure and God's faithfulness to give us the hope of a new world. 
In the 8th century, before Jesus, people were yearning and hoping for the new world, especially the people who believed that God might be making that world through them. The nation of Israel had been born, had grown and thrived and then been attacked again and again, now by the Assyrian Empire as they defeated and destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. Later on, by the Babylonian Empire as they destroyed and defeated the southern kingdom. Isaiah spoke to the yearning of the people for a new world in which they could live again. He spoke as they were being obliterated by the Assyrians and then a new theologian in his footsteps spoke as they were being obliterated by the Babylonians and carried off into exile. No longer a nation, no longer a people, but foreigners, refugees, slaves. And yet Isaiah heard from God. Isaiah saw a message from God. God spoke to Isaiah and said, a light will come. A light will shine in your darkness. You who are no longer a nation, you who no longer have a king, will be those to whom all the nations and all the kings will come one day and bow down at the feet of the king of all kings. You who have watched your sons die, you who have been separated from your daughters, you who have had your families and your lives ripped to shreds will one day see your sons coming home and your daughters carried in the arms of their nurses. And you will gather together and you will thrive and you will live. The promise of a new world is not gone. It is not done but it will come to pass. Several centuries later, Jesus appeared on the scene. And the time between Jesus and Isaiah, the nation had come back together again in a way. But now it is dominated and oppressed by the Roman Empire. It is dominated and oppressed by misguided religious leaders. And so Jesus took it all on. And it killed him. But he did not stay dead. He was resurrected and with him the promise and guarantee of a new world. A new life. John was one of those who knew Jesus and who knew Jesus again after his resurrection. Jesus left the scene, leaving his spirit with us. And again, the nation of Israel was obliterated by the Romans and the Jews and the Christians along with them spread out into the world. 
And yet those who followed Jesus tried to stay together. John himself was sent into exile as a prisoner of the Roman government on a tiny little barren rocky hot island named Patmos. It was on that island where John had an experience of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, the same spirit that had spoken to Isaiah, the same spirit that was Jesus, now spoke to John and said, you can have hope. John wrote a letter then to all the churches scattered around the world, a letter about his vision, a fantastic and wild and amazing vision. John said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, a new world. All things are new, Jesus said to John one day. Not that there will be all new things. God does not obliterate all that he made and then start over. God takes what he made and renews it. God resurrects it. God makes all things new. In this new world, in this new Jerusalem, this new place, there will be water of life, not death. We will be conquerors, not the conquered Remember, John is writing to Christians scattered around the Roman Empire who sometimes are taken in front of a Roman judge or a Roman general and commanded to confess that Caesar is the Lord, but some of them cannot and will not. And when they say Jesus is the Lord, then they're killed. But you, Jesus says, who are being martyred day by day, along with me, will conquer because I have conquered death, I have conquered hate, I have conquered evil. And one day, when I put the world back together again, there will be no more cowards no more faithless ones, no more polluted people, no more murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, none of the evil that corrupts God's world will exist in the new world that God gives. God actually will come and live with us in this new world, the home of God, will be among us. No longer will God seem removed or distant. No longer will be God held at arm's length because we're the ones who put our arms out, not God. But we will live in that perfect place of unity and community with all of God's people. Isaiah and John hold out a vision for us of a new world. But we have to ask, is that world this world here and now? Is it another world there and then? The answer is yes.
this new world has begun in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This new world has already begun in those who follow Jesus Christ. This new world is breaking into the old world as we follow and live and love by his example. What do we do with all of that, though? This vision, is it just a beautiful picture and image that then goes away as we go back to normal life? I think not. I believe not. I proclaim to you not. I proclaim to you that this vision presents, first of all, a challenge to us, a challenge to recognize the darkness of this world. Isaiah said it, we live in darkness. We live in a land of deep darkness. It's up to us to recognize that darkness inside of us and to call it out when we see it outside of us. That's our challenge. But along with that challenge, we are also given guidance, a blueprint a new vision of the way the world is supposed to be. That vision speaks to us from out of Revelation. It speaks to us from out of the whole scriptures. It speaks to us especially in the words and the deeds of Jesus who could not help but live by the rules of that new world because this is his world And so there we have it. We know the way to be. We know the way to live. We know it's tough. We know we don't live up to it. Last night on this stage, we saw a perfect description of the craziness of our world. We saw Christian brothers who were killing each other. But then for a moment, with a vision before them, a vision of something long past, a vision of one who was born into the world to change the world, that vision, that memory, that hope, that conviction called them together for a few hours to be the brothers that they were and should have been and could still be. That's the hope, then, that keeps us all going. Just as Jesus was resurrected from out of the grip of hatred, of evil, of death, so will we be resurrected. So are we resurrected now to live in the reality of the new world that we know is coming because God has said that it will a new world that already is here because we have seen it in Jesus Christ. The vision that Isaiah lays before us, the vision that John paints for us, is a vision that challenges us, that guides us, a vision that gives us hope.
On January 6, 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt gave his State of the Union address. In that speech, he called America and he called the world to work toward what he called the four freedoms. The freedom of speech, the freedom of worship, the freedom from want, and the freedom from fear. Later on, those four freedoms would be written into first the Atlantic Charter and then the Charter of the United Nations. But before that, there was a painter in America who was inspired by that speech and inspired by those four freedoms, and so he decided to paint them. His name was Norman. Norman Rockwell. All four paintings became famous and still are, but one of them in particular is in our minds. You might not know it until I describe it to you. It's a beautiful picture. It's a picture of a magnificent table set with the finest china. It is surrounded by the faces of men and women and children, all smiling and happy and at peace. Most of them you see only in profile, but at the other end of the table from where you, the viewer, are standing, there is a man and a woman. She has in her hands a huge platter with a 400-pound turkey on it. the freedom from want. I read a little bit about the painting itself. What Norman Rockwell did is have his family cook prepare a Thanksgiving feast, and they invited their family and their neighbors. He took a lot of photographs, mostly in his mind. And so now in that painting, you see the family cook who had made that turkey and all the things with it, and you see some of his neighbors, you see his wife. He wrote later about painting the picture, he said, our cook cooked it, I painted it, and then we ate it. <laughs> that was one of the few times I've ever eaten the model. <laughs> this Thanksgiving, you and I will look to the past, not just to 1941, not just to 1893. We will look at a past in which God has blessed us with immeasurable blessing. But we also will look to the future, to that future that arrived in Jesus. That future that will arrive one day in the consummation of all history. Today we will take up the challenge 
of identifying and calling out the darkness that is in our world. And then we will take up the challenge of being guided by the vision of the new world that God means for us to have. A new world here and now and a new world there and then. And will we be inspired? That's the question. Will we be inspired by the hope of a new world, of life together with God and with each other? Pray with me. Lord, quickly come to your final harvest home. Gather all your people in, free from sorrow, free from sin, there forever purified in your presence to abide. Amen.